Chapter Two of the Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah G. Evadne, like the Vicar of Wakefield, was by nature a lover of happy human faces, and she could be playful herself on occasion but she had little if any of the saving sense of humour her habit was to take everything au grand sérieux and to consider it when other people were laughing she would be gravely observant as if she were solving a problem and she would sooner have thought of trying to discover what combination of molecules resulted in a joke with a view to benefiting her species by teaching them how to produce jokes at will than of trying to be witty herself she had too a quite irritating trick of remaining to all outward seeming stolidly unmoved by events which were causing an otherwise general commotion but in cases of danger or emergency she was essentially swift to act as on one occasion for instance when the hamilton house twins were at fralingay the twins had arrived somewhat late in the married lives of their parents and had been welcomed as angel visitants under which fond delusion they were christened respectively angelica and theodore before they were well out of their nurse's arms however society with discernment had changed theodore's name to diablo but angelica was sanctioned the irony being obvious the twins were alike in appearance but not nearly so much so as twins usually are it would have been quite easy to distinguish them apart even if one had not been dark and the other fair and for this mercy everybody connected with them had reason to be thankful for as soon as they reached the age of active indiscretion they would certainly have got themselves mixed if they could angelica was the dark one and she was also the elder taller stronger and wickeder of the two the organizer and commander of every expedition before they were five years old everybody about the place was upon the alert both in self-defence and also to see that the twins did not kill themselves bars of iron had to be put on the upstairs windows to prevent them making ladders of the traveller's joy and wisteria modes of egress which they very much preferred to commonplace doors and mr hamilton wells had been reluctantly obliged to have the moat which was deep and full of fish and had been the glory of hamilton house for generations drained for fear of accidents argument was unavailing with the twins as a means of repression but they were always prepared to argue out any question of privilege with their father and mother cheerfully punishment too had an effect quite other than that intended they were interested at the moment but they would slap each other's hands and put each other in the corner for fun five minutes after they had received similar chastisement in solemn earnest they would have lived out of doors altogether by choice and they managed to make their escape in all weathers if the vigilant watch that was kept upon them were relaxed for a moment they disappeared as if by magic and would probably only be recovered at the farthest limit of their father's property or in the kitchen of some neighboring country gentleman where they were sure to be popular they were always busy about something 
and when every usual occupation failed they fought each other after a battle they counted scars and scratches for the honor of having most and if there were not bruises enough to satisfy one of them the other was always obligingly ready to fight again until there were mr hamilton wells had great faith in the discipline of the church service for them and was anxious that they should be early accustomed to go there they behaved pretty well while the solemnity was strange enough to awe them and one sunday when lady adeline their mother could not accompany him mr hamilton wells ventured to go alone with them he took the precaution to place them on either side of him so as to separate them and interpose a solid body between them and any signals they might make to each other but in the quietest part of the service when everybody was kneeling some movement of diavolo's attracted his attention for a moment from angelica and when he looked again the latter had disappeared she had discovered that it was possible to creep from pew to pew beneath the seats and had started to explore the church on her way however she observed a pair of stout legs belonging to a respectable elderly woman who was too deep in her devotion to be aware of the intruder and being somewhat astonished by their size she proceeded to test their quality with a pin the consequence being an appalling shriek from the woman which started a shrill treble cry from herself the service was suspended and mr hamilton wells the most precise of men hastened down the aisle and fished his daughter out an awful spectacle of dust from under the seat incontinently when mr and lady adeline hamilton wells went from home for any length of time they were obliged to take their children with them as servants who knew the latter would rather leave than be left in charge of them and this was how it happened that evadne made their acquaintance at an early age it was during their first visit to freilingay while they were still quite tiny and she was hardly in her teens that the event referred to in illustration of one of evadne's characteristics occurred the twins had arrived late in the afternoon and were taken into the dining-room where the table was already decorated for dinner it evidently attracted a good deal of their attention but they said nothing at dessert however to which evadne had come down with the elder children the dining-room door was seen to open with portentous slowness and there appeared in the aperture two little figures in long nightgowns their forefingers in their mouths their inquisitive noses tilted in the air and their bright eyes round with astonishment it was like the middle of the night to them and they had expected to find the room empty oh you naughty children lady adeline exclaimed the darlings cried mrs frayling evadne's mother do let them come in and she picked up angelica and held her on her knee one of the other ladies at the opposite end of the long table taking diavolo up at the same time but the moment the children found themselves on a level with the table they made a dart for the centrepiece simultaneously on their hands and knees regardless of the smash of dessert plates decanters wine-glasses and fruit dishes which they upset by the way it is shrieked angelica thumping the flat mirror which was part of the table decorations triumphantly it is what cried lady adeline endeavouring to reach the child 
it's looking-glass mamma diavolo said it was water there was much amusement at the words and at the quaint spectacle of the two little creatures sitting amid the wreckage in the middle of the table not a bit abashed by the novelty of their conspicuous position only evadne who was standing behind her mother's chair remained grave she seemed to be considering this situation severely and acting on her own responsibility she picked diavolo up in the midst of the general hilarity and carried him out of the room with her hand pressed tight on his thigh the child had come down armed with an open penknife with which to defend angelica should they encounter any ogres or giants on the stairs and in scrambling up the table he had managed to strike himself in the thigh with it and had severed the femoral artery but with the curious shame which makes some children dislike to own that they are hurt he had contrived to conceal the accident for a moment with his nightgown under cover of the flowers and it was only evadne's observant eye and presence of mind that had saved his life no one in the house could make a tourniquet and she sat with the child on her knee while a doctor was being fetched keeping him quiet as by a miracle and stopping the hemorrhage with the pressure of her thumb not even his parents daring to relieve her since diavolo had never been known to be still so long in his life with anybody else she held him till the operation of tying the artery was safely accomplished by which time mr diavolo was sufficiently exhausted to be good and go to sleep and then she quietly fainted but she was about again in time to catch him when he woke and keep him quiet and so by unwearied watching she prevented accidents until all danger was over diavolo afterward heard his parents praise her in unmeasured terms to her parents one day in her absence she happened to return while they were still in the room and being doubtless wide awake to the advantages of such a connection he took the opportunity of promising solemnly in the presence of such respectable witnesses to marry her as soon as he was able she had added the word tourniquet to her vocabulary during this time and having looked it up in the dictionary she requested the doctor to be so good as to teach her to make one while doing so the doctor became interested in his silent intelligent pupil and it ended in his teaching her all that a young lady could learn of bandaging of antidotes to poisons of what to do in case of many possible accidents and also of nursing theoretically but this was not a solitary instance of the quiet power of the girl which already compelled even elderly gentlemen much overworked and self-absorbed to sacrifice themselves in her service End of chapter two